When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. here's the rookie Travis Boyd pumping it up the right-hand side. Sixth-round pick of the Capitals in 2011. Breaks free left wing, takes it to the net. Short side and a save made by Cam Talbot. Rebound in front, one-timer score. Jacob Verano set up by Smith Kelly. Quick start tonight for the Washington Capitals. That goal, 244 into the game. They would get another one exactly three minutes later, and they go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-2 as the Oilers have their five-game road winning streak come to an end. The Oilers coming from behind all night, got within a goal twice, but couldn't ever tie it up and in the third period despite out shooting the Capitals 11-2 they were not able to score at all thanks for tuning in tonight it is 7:57, along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins Canadian Brewhouse overtime open line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center we'll be bringing you post-game reaction from the Oilers room as soon as we get it and you can also reach out at 780-496-0063 or by texting 630-630 well Rob the fourth line was critical for the Oilers in winning in Detroit Detroit on Saturday night and if we start with the the key moments early in this game and there certainly are other aspects of the game to talk about but early on Caps fourth line able to go out out there and take advantage of a couple chances in the Oilers end. Yeah I mean the one fourth line goal against it, it was on um, Larson it wasn't on the forwards Larson was the one that picked the wrong guy to go to and left his guy wide open the other goal uh, Brodziak calling for the puck. Kara goes to make the pass to him, and Brodziak runs into the to the referee. So it turned into a a bad break. But when you're a fourth line player, you know goals against are daggers. You, you just you you can play every game even, and the coaching staff will be happy. But when you're minus at the end of the night, it's a tough one. And that line that had been so good as of late and had moments again tonight, minus two in a game like that at the end of the night, the fourth line of the of the Washington Capitals, just like we saw in Detroit where the fourth line of the Edmonton Oilers were the reason they won. Well, the Washington Capitals' fourth line, big reason they won, got two points tonight. Capitals go into the third period with that two-goal lead. I mentioned the shots in the third, 11-2 in favor of the Oilers. Oilers getting pucks to the net, but I I always got the sense that the Capitals kind of knew what type of a game they were in. They knew what type of a third period it was going to be, and uh, they they weren't so much worried about attacking, I thought, but maybe just not giving the Oilers some grade-A chances. Yeah, I, I agree. They they backed off a bit, but they a lot of mental mistakes by the Capitals tonight. A lot of a lot of giveaways in their own zone late in the game in the third period. Pucks up the middle, not getting pucks out, didn't clear when they needed to, and the Oilers uh, jumped on them. The Oilers did what they needed to do in the third period. They pushed. 
but they were just a little off, just missing shots, missing passes. Uh, great scoring opportunities turned into not even a shot on net. So uh, the Oilers did not have the finish tonight that they needed. I don't think Washington was great. I thought I thought it was a fairly evenly played game. It could have gone either way, but the breaks and, and the finish went to the Capitals. And at the end of the night, they have two points. I mean, a perfect example of, no, uh, of, uh, of sloppy play. The Capitals have a two-goal lead, and they have their best player in the league, one of the greatest goal scorers ever to play in the National Hockey League. He has an open net from the blue line, misses, and then passes out in front, and Smith Pelly from three feet misses a wide open net. That was the kind of game it was. It was sloppy by both teams. All right, we're going to have a quick break here for the 8 o'clock news. We already have Phil and James up on the open line, 780-496-0063. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As they fall 4-2 to the Washington Capitals, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Kisnetsov in over the line, waits for the trailer, gives it up, Bowie centers, and unable to beat the splayed out Cam Talbot is Dimitri Yaskin. That's the kind of save that Talbot has been making for years in Edmonton. And that's tonight's Save the Game for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game, jiffylubeservice.ca. However, Talbot takes the loss tonight. He's still looking for his 100th win as an Edmonton Oiler. Capitals take down the Oilers 4-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us. It's 8.05. We're going to get to your phone calls right away. You're going to hear from Alex Chason in a couple of minutes, and that's one of the discussion points tonight, Rob. We know about Chason being so hot coming into this game, shooting 46 percent that'll uh drop a little bit tonight as he uh does not score on his only shot on goal this evening but he's out there on the first power play replacing Lucic and he gets Lucic's ice time late in the game with the extra attacker well if you're going to reward players for how they're playing then it's deservedly so um he's he's got six goals in in eight games and Lucic has got two goals in 56 uh, that, that it's just simple math that he belongs out there right now until Lucic can find his, his scoring touch, which uh, was missing again tonight. So uh, I thought he did a good job in the extra ice time. He, he understands what his role is. And I think as, as a professional, uh, that's what one of his best attributes are. He, he just knows what his role is. He stays within it. Go stand in front of the goalie. Get the rebounds. Keep the pucks alive. He doesn't get without, outside himself. And I think some great examples tonight, he'd have the puck just over the red line he'd look he doesn't have numbers he puts the puck softly into a corner for a four check later in the game Milan Lucic is coming down one on four and he tries to beat the four guys they turn the puck over and Austin Washington's going back the other way as the Oilers are trying to change little things like that are something that the coach takes very very close notice of and that's how ice time is now divvied up Capitals beat the Oilers 4-2 back to Washington and here is Alex Chason Firepower just on display tonight. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say like that. 
it was a I don't think it was a one-way game um, you know they got depth uh, they got guys that can score in all four lines and um, you know they scored two goals uh, I think in the first five or six minutes there and uh, they opportunistic um, I was there last year I it's a team that that knows when they put you know the foot on the gas and um, they know how to put the puck in the back of the net and uh, you know when you're down the start of the game like down the road you're kind of chasing the game you're trying to open it up and um, probably not the right way to play the whole game so um, just got to turn the page here and focus on them all. Obviously, you can't be happy with any loss, but they didn't really get their first shot in the final frame until the seven minute until seven minutes left in the period. Is that maybe a positive that can be drawn from this? How much you guys were pushing in that final frame? Yeah, I think we, you know, we've been the, that's the, the way we've been all years. Uh, whether we're up or down, trying to keep pushing, keep our game better, and. Um, I thought as the game went on, uh, we weren't as much one and done. You know, you get a shot on, and uh, in the first or second, we get a shot, and they go they go up and attack our own own end. And uh, towards the second half of the game, we were able to build uh, shift by shift. And um, but against a team like that, uh, you got to you got to be ready to start when the puck drop. Uh, can't wait too long because uh, you're going to be chasing it. Oh, he doesn't need one like that right off. Yeah. Right uh, onto the sticker on the tee. Yeah, that's... Um, I was only here for a year, but I've seen him score at about uh, 20 from there. And um, kind of an unfortunate bounce for us. Uh, you know, a block and hit someone else and kind of lands right in front of him. And um, out of 600 and something, he's probably scored uh, half of them from there. So... He's familiar with that spot. Um, the play on Orloff, it looked like it was a knee on knee. It looked like it was uh, inadvertent from you, but yeah, um, I don't know both sort of things. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think um, you play your old team. It doesn't matter. Uh, guys are trying to win and trying to. I was in the, trying to do anything dirty. I was actually it was kind of clean and. I try to protect myself at the same time, uh, but um, yeah, they got me a couple, couple yeah, good times too. Glass. So, uh, Alex, you already um, obviously reunited with Washington back in Edmonton not too long ago. What was it like coming back to DC and being? Yeah, it was special. I think the the first game at home was uh, was. Uh, a little different in the way where you know in the morning I got the ring ceremony with the guys and that was super special but uh, I thought um, today coming back here in this building uh, uh, playing in front of uh, uh, the fans that were there last year it's always a, a great building that to play in and um, you know they're playing at home and uh, just you know, today walk, you know, driving by Constitution and the White House, all that uh, brought back memories. So, um, you know what? Uh, I'm super grateful about my time I had here, uh, the opportunity I had to play with those guys. And uh, but now it's time to turn the page. We played them twice already, and let's just focus on the rest of the year. 
All right, there is Alex Chason, and his promotion to the Oilers' first power play unit is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers' power play tonight going one for four. They did get another goal just as one of their power plays expired. They had a minute three power play at the end of the game. They pulled Talbot to have a six on four. Couldn't get the goal that would pull them within one. Capitals win at 4-2. The Cap- power play was one for two with Alexander Ovechkin banging in the goal with the man advantage. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063 is the phone number and we have Phil on the line. Good evening, Phil. Hey, guys. Huge fan of the show. Thanks a lot for uh, doing a great job. Um, I basically just want to comment about the the push and the fight the guys had tonight at the end of the game. It was a 4-2, which... Uh, i got to be honest, last year they would have rolled over and, and showed their bellies and, and we would have gotten almost nothing, but there was a lot of fight. They defended the net, even the open net, which I admit some of those were a little fluky miss, but they were still defending and fighting the entire way. I, I think this is more of a plus than a, than a minus. This is a, a, another way that it's showing we're better off than we were, we were last year. <laughs> Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, yeah no. it wasn't a disaster. I mean, I, I mean, they lost, so I, we don't expect fans to be be happy about it. But but I mean, again, they they, they fall behind early, so mm-hmm. you're playing catch up the whole game, and and then you know in the, in the third, you got a veteran team. But I know you I know you pointed out, Rob, it's not as if the Capitals did a, did a great job um, defending, but they were getting in the way as as much as possible. You just hope that this effort can be recreated. More yeah. often than not, and maybe against teams that aren't as good as the Capitals, you, you get the wins. Well, I think the, the Oilers compete this year outside of their first two games. has been very good. So uh, Washington's a good team, obviously, with the Stanley Cup rings on their fingers right now. And the Oilers came in. They they had a, a week, three, four minutes in the game. that fell. They fell behind two goals. And just it's just too big a hill to climb when you go into Washington. So you, you like their compete. I don't know if you build off it, but I don't think they're going to go into Tampa lacking confidence after the 60 minutes they put together here in, in Washington. Well, and, and it's funny, we, we talked a lot about the schedule and a lot of the focus was on the first eight games or or even the first month. But, I mean, this it, I don't know if there are any easy parts of the schedule. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. D- Detroit's not a, not a great team. You're able to get the win in Detroit. Well, the Oilers have already played Washington twice. They were the Stanley Cup champions. They got Tampa tomorrow who was the other finalist in the East. They've played uh, Nashville twice, who won the President's Trophy. Winnipeg made uh, made the Final Four. They've played them once. Twice against Boston. And, and twice against uh, Boston, which was a, which was a top-six team. Pittsburgh. So, and <laughs> they, they, they have played Pittsburgh. So, uh, I mean, again, you hope if they, if they sort of keep playing this way and improving, uh, they'll continue to have stretches where they where they bank more points than not, and and even with this loss tonight, they've won uh, they've won five out of their last seven. The challenge is, you know, you now you travel, you go into Tampa, mm-hmm. Lightning sitting there at uh, ten and three, come a comeback win against Ottawa the other night. If I think if I, I realize what Nashville and Winnipeg and the cachet they have and the expectations they have, I think Rob, if you just take this season into account, the Oilers' best opponent is coming up tomorrow. Um, possibly. Well, one of the, the the things that I liked about the start of the year schedule, yeah, they're playing the best teams. We're playing them at the beginning of the season before they've gelled. They're playing the best teams before they're in mid-season form. I, I liked that. Now you got all those great teams out of the way that they're not they're not great teams yet. 
they get great in February and March. Most best, uh, most of the teams that are the best in the National Hockey League, they peak at the end of the season. So you've got those guys out of the way. Tampa is a very good hockey club. They're deep. Now you take advantage of the fact they're missing their all-world defenseman, Hedman. That is a huge advantage for the Edmonton Oilers. Huge advantage for Connor McDavid because he would have seen him exclusively tomorrow night. I, what I've seen from the Oilers thus far, and again, throw the first two games out, what I've seen from them that... Every time they start a game, I feel this year that they can win that hockey game. Whereas last year, after about three weeks, four weeks of the season, every time they started a game, you're hoping well, they had a chance to I'll, win I'll the hockey tell you game. What it, I'll tell you what the difference for me is. Last year, I felt if they fell behind, they couldn't win the hockey game. The, the, I, I know the comeback game mm-hmm. in, in Winnipeg is an, an extreme. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of three-goal comebacks. But, but you know, even, even tonight, is it 2 nothing. Okay, make it 2-1. You know, yep. may, may, maybe. They, 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 they never sort of got... I, I hate to use the word folded because I don't, I don't think pro athletes quit. I mean, no. I don't think you make the NHL or the NFL or, or whatever by, by being a quitter and not handling adversity. But they just, I think the best way to put it is, like last year, they would sag. They would sort of be, oh, oh, no, oh, no. And now yeah. now they seem to be a lot more resilient. They're, they're resilient and they're confident. And right now, you look at the record, and it's, it's a pretty good record thus far in the season. They've yet to have Talbot at his best. You just look at his numbers. His numbers aren't where he needs them to be. And they haven't had a third line at all. Like, they, they, their, their third line's got zeros. So they're still putting together wins. They're still hanging around the top or near the top of the, the Pacific Division. So this team has places where they can improve. Yet in these games, for the majority, they have not only been equal to the team they played against, but most nights they've been the better of the team. So uh, there, there's a confidence. Now they just got to continue to work with that. And what we want to see is if they run into a little bit of adversity, can they fight through it? Tomorrow night, going into Tampa, falling behind early, that would be adversity. Uh, boy, Cam Talbot's taken a lot of hate on the text line. Uh, it looks like Cam the Civ Talbot was in net again, says one texter. Another person says Koskinen should be the new starter. Uh, another person says, how come nobody mentions how brutal Cam Talbot is? Never steals games anymore. He is brutal. Okay. I wouldn't have brutal, but, I, but what I will say is Koskinen will start tomorrow. Yeah, and, and my not? guess, and... If he plays well, he'll play in Florida in the following game. If he doesn't play well, now the coach has to make a decision. But again, and and he's earned the right. I mean, Todd's gave him back-to-back games. You don't see a lot of backups around the National Hockey League getting that. Todd McClellan's given him the opportunity that saying, if you play well, we'll find time for you. So right now, Cam Talbot was just eh tonight. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't what they needed. He was put it this way. He got outplayed by Copley tonight. So t- tomorrow night, Costin's going to play in Tampa. Now, I don't, wouldn't look at the outcome. I would look at how he plays. And if he plays well, I would imagine he would get the next start. Yeah, why not? Yep. I mean, I, I don't... I don't. I mean, I, I've seen people, oh, is there a goaltending controversy? There's no goaltending controversy. Who's ever playing better will play. That's, that'd be like saying, if, is if, there a right-wing controversy? Is there a defense, six-defenseman controversy? No, the best player plays. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, if I, I think, and let's let's look at it this way, guys. If if after uh, Miko Koskinen had played that first game, uh, who did he play against? Against Calgary in the preseason, mm-hmm. where he looked like he'd really never played goal before at a high level. 
if if we would have said to you, no, no, wait, on November 5th, you're going to be saying, well, maybe he's actually good enough to play more often than Talbot. I don't think you would have been upset or considered it controversial. I think you would have thought, okay, well, maybe he can he can carry the load. Uh, yeah, I mean, fair point. Talbot maybe hasn't stolen games as he did to the extent a couple of years ago. I think he's had some very good games yeah. when he beat Washington before, when they uh, when they won in Chicago, uh, when they won over the Rangers. Even the five four win against Winnipeg, I thought he actually had a pretty good game. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, view this that if he's a, you know, he's not quite what he what he was a couple of years ago at the moment, and Koskinen has to play. I'm like, great. At least they have somebody they feel good mm-hmm. about putting into net into the net. Hey, well, to me, playing your best players isn't controversy. So I, to me, it's if one player is playing better than the other, he gets to play in the he gets the net, or he gets to play in the starting lineup. He gets to play with McDavid. He gets to play with Drysaddle. That's hockey. That's pro sports. Best player, the best possible players to give you the best possible team on any given night is the coach's responsibility. All right, we got James at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hi, James. Hey, boys. Hello. Uh, hey, so I'm going to do a positive and a negative because I feel like last year I was. It was all negative, so I'm going to turn it around here. My positive here is, I think, I mean, for everyone harping on Shirelli and Emerson a lot, him bringing it, for him to be able to do what he's done with the decor he has, they're not the sexiest decor in the league, but bringing in the uh, Yanni, and they look way better this year. And, I mean, to me, Chris Russell is maybe one of, if not the best offensively, in my opinion. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think uh, we, we talked about it tonight. We haven't gotten any phone calls as of late about the play of Russell, and a lot of it is because he's played well. And I give him credit. Uh, I, I think the addition of Yanni as a defensive coach was a great addition by, by the Edmonton Oilers. I think that the way he uh, talks with the players, how he... Inter- interacts with the players is positive and I think we've seen I mean Oscar Clefbaum's a perfect example I mean, this he's playing as good as he's ever played as the Edmonton Oilers and I think a lot of that is on Yanni being here and good on the Oilers going out and getting them yeah yeah okay and then my negative and I have to, it's not so much well it is kind of negative but anyways uh Brian Strom I mean I know he I didn't think when they traded Everly for him he was going to come in and and, and do the same thing but with guys you know they do have guys who could I, I think that could push for that position as a third line center on this team and I don't know what you got to do to to get him going but I just you think he's work. been that bad eh well I just it's not even that he's been that horrible but he just I mean he's been here for a while now and for a guy who when he got here you know everyone was saying he can shoot the puck and I, he just, well, you're right. He's he's kind of he's kind of reinvented himself, and his role has changed. So in that way, in that way, it's a disappointment. I think in terms of how he's playing this season, he's he's doing the job he's being asked to do. The zero points this deep into the season is is bad. There's no other way to put it. I, he I also think, has some guys that can't finish. Yes, with. I think it's a reflection on who he's playing with. I really but, I mean, do. If that's, if that's the case, you're being, I mean, that's what I everyone was kind of saying about Drysaddle when he had Lucic on the wing. So, I mean, Lucic is there. What are you going to – if that's who he's playing with, I mean, Lucic can't go down another line. So, they've got to do something there. He, Lucic is – he's got to stay there. Well, you're right. Lucic probably isn't going any further down in the lineup. Yeah. 
anyways, boys, thanks a lot. Uh, great show, and uh, y'all hang up now and keep listening. Okay, thanks, James. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think. I mean, tonight there was a couple great plays by Strom. He sat Lucic up wide open in the slot, walked down the middle, and, and Lucic missed the net. Uh, I thought the third line created tonight. They had the uh, puck possession numbers were probably pretty good for their line in the offensive zone, but he, he's got two wingers that are absolutely snakebitten. Lucic, two goals in 56 game. Puliyarvi, I, I don't even know what his stats are. He's got one goal on the season, and he went a long stretch he, last like, year. Puliyarvi just go to Bakersfield at this point? I well, to me, it was funny because Jack asked what, what's going to happen in Tampa tomorrow. I believe Raddy will be in the lineup. I think they'll just make one change up mm-hmm. front, and I believe Puliyarvi will be the player that comes out. I, I, he didn't really notice him a whole lot today. You put Raddy, you have your choice. You put Raddy on the third line, and that creates something for Strom. Now all of a sudden he's got a guy on his line that's got a good work ethic, got a little bit of offensive uh, knowledge, knows where to go, knows what to do, and maybe that can get that line going. Or you put Raddy back up with McDavid where he was before he got hurt, and Kajula, who has played very, very well as of late, now maybe he's the spark plug that they need on the third line. If that is the case, he pulled Pugliarvi. Pugliarvi needs to gain confidence because uh, the the little glimpse that we saw in preseason, we have seen. Well, what's that now? How many games has Pugliarvi played? Ten? Thirty uh, periods? This will be his tenth. Something like this that. This was his tenth. Yeah. So he's played thirty periods. He's had two, where you've noticed him, and maybe it's time that he goes down and gets a little bit of a, a refresher. Feels the puck, plays in big situations, plays, you know, 20, 25 minutes a night, whatever it takes down there, and then comes back up and hops right back in it. But uh, they have nothing, nothing coming out of that third line, and you need it because your your fourth line's not going to score often. So now all of a sudden your top two lines, uh, there's a lot of pressure on them. Oilers lose 4-2 to the Capitals. Let's go back to Washington. Here's Edmonton Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Getting even and pushing forward from there. Well, I think we gave it away in the first 10 minutes. Um, when you're playing that quality of team, you don't want to be chasing the game, uh, especially that early. And uh, Yeah, we didn't give up much after that. They got a, a really nice goal. They earned the goal, the third one, and then a lucky power play one where it ricochets to Ovechkin in the net, and we didn't give up much other than that. But uh, when you chase the game against a real, real good team, Stanley Cup champs, uh, you're probably going to lose more often than not. And um, the first two goals set us back. Todd, uh, one of the best teams on home ice. Just echoing some of the players' comments we just talked to, Talps called them probably one of the most opportunistic teams in the league. Is that Was that the case tonight on their, on their few chances that they had early on? Yeah, they, they well, they have some some game breakers. They have some very skilled forwards. They've got uh, a couple D men that have great vision and can get the pucks through. They have confidence on their power play, and you know what? They have the Stanley Cup, so that means they're pretty damn good and uh, opportunistic. Yes, uh, they checked well after that. They did a lot of good things. So you have to give the other team credit some nights. Um, again, I go back to the first ten minutes. They were the better team in those those ten, and they. Uh, uh, they found a way to get a lead and then choke us out by the end of the night. Well, the, the first one was the first one where all our eyes it changed sides. All our eyes went to the puck and we didn't protect the slot. Uh, and then the second one we turned it over on the wall, which um, you know our yeah and our center was was going to the right spot. He got tied up with the. Uh, 
the referee and you couldn't get there to protect on the mistake that's in your net. So, uh, you know, sometimes it happens. Um, you know, going back to your comment or your question, they were opportunistic. We made some mistakes. They took advantage of it and um, came over. Have you impressed their kid goalie enough? Well, we tried to. We only had uh, one defenseman with a shot on goal after after two periods, and uh, I thought we were trying to finesse the puck in rather than shoot it, you know, towards the paint and crash and bang. Uh, in the third, we did a lot more of that. Thought we had more opportunity, more chance, but um, too little, too late. Todd, obviously, no, he was fine. Todd, not the result you wanted, but is there some sort of positive you can take from that third period? Because Washington didn't get their first shot till there were seven minutes left in the period. Is there some positives you can take in the fight from the team? Well, you always try and find some positives in a in a game that you don't win, and. Um, you know, we uh, we were able to check well enough and not give anything up in the third, uh, but still go after them. But um, you know, you got to look at the whole picture. We we um, we found ways to make mistakes early, and they capitalized, as I said, and it was over then. So we'll put this one uh, put it away. We've got to get ready for uh, another stiff test tomorrow in Tampa. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Edmonton falling short 4-2 to the Washington Capitals tonight. David and Scott are next on the phones. We'll also get more comments from the Oilers dressing room. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. The Edmonton Oilers' five-game road winning streak is over. Washington Capitals win tonight 4-2. McDavid and Dreisaitl will get the Edmonton goals as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Flyers lead the Coyotes 2-1 late in the second period. Devils beat the Penguins 5-1. Canadians rally and beat the Islanders 4-3 in a shootout. Bruins over the Stars 2-1 in overtime. NFL tonight early in the fourth quarter, 10 Tennessee leading Dallas 21-14. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. David is standing by. Hey, David, go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Uh, I noticed that Clefbaum and Larson were both on the, on the uh, ice for the four goals against. And, I, you know, for a first pairing, they did a terrible job tonight. The other thing, too, is I think it should radically change the third line. Uh, bring, bring in Yamamoto. Can they send Lucic to the farm team? No. They can't, hey? So why not demote him to the, the fourth line and get a better player to play up in the third line with more minutes? They have to do something with the third line. Well, yes. Uh, the problem is you can only go so far with Milan Lucic. He's a guy that you got for five more years at $6 million. Um, what they've done is the fourth line is when they're on their game like they were in Detroit, they were getting even minutes as the third line. Milan Lucic has lost his first power play minutes. He's lost the, you know, pulling the goalie empty net type minutes. He wasn't out there. Chase Hall took that from him. Um, the third line, I, I believe Raddy is going to be in the lineup, which will either have him on the third line or it'll have Kajula back down there. 
I think they like what their fourth line's doing, so they're not going to mess with that. There's only so much you can do about retooling the entire third line because you like your other three lines. So you can only really pull guys in and out of the lineup that are in the press box to put out there. And Milan Lucic isn't going anywhere. They hope that he will find his touch. He's getting chances. We've seen over the last few games, he's getting great looks. He's just got to find some mojo, find some confidence to put the puck in the net. And Clefbaum and Larson were on the ice for three of the four goals against. They were not on the ice for Ovechkin's goal, just point of accuracy. Mm-hmm. And, and not all on them. The, one, the first one was Larson's fault. He, he, he went to the wrong player. Capitals beat the Oilers 4-2 tonight, so the Oilers down to 8-5-1 on the season. The Capitals improved their record to 6-4-3. The Oilers are going to play Tampa tomorrow. 780-496-0063. Scott, hanging on the line. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, just kind of curious, uh, looking at some of the stats tonight, and uh, I would have never expected this, but uh, between Larson and Nurse, zero hits. And looking a little further back, um, Larson, eight hits against Detroit and then zero against uh, against Chicago the game before. I'm just wondering if there's, I know you've got uh, the puck at the face there, but with the eight uh, hits against Detroit, I'm just wondering if there's something might be uh, lingering with him. Uh, I don't think, I don't so. think so. He t- no. He's taken the shield off, so obviously he's, he's yeah. comfortable playing without it. Uh, I, can t- I can tell you this, Scott, and I, I'm just making a, a general comment. The, the hit stat tends to vary the most from rink to rink as well. So sometimes you gotta, you got to keep that in mind. Okay. Because, uh, like I said, that like, <laughs> I would never have thought in a million years between the two of them that they'd have zero hits on the night for sure. As far as the third uh, third line goes, yeah, you can you can look at a lot of different things there, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, Lucic there is <laughs> it's kind of hard. I don't know what they do there. Yeah, well, he's he's going to keep playing. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you can't yeah, you can't I mean, send him down. He's no. he's not going to be traded. I mean, you can they well. I mean, his ice time has been cut somewhat. Yeah, he's probably about three, four minutes less than what he had last year, at least. Uh, he's losing uh, the gravy time on the first power play unit, where that's where you want to be. When you got McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale, you want to be hanging out in front of the net. So uh, I don't know. He just he needs to find a way to put the puck in the net. Yeah, well, for sure. Know, if you look at last year, uh, you know, really down here for him, and then the start of this year, you know, you can really see him this year. And uh, I just hope with, you know, the minutes gone, on the power play and going down to the third line. I hope he keeps a good attitude, man. I mean, because, you know, I don't care how many points he gets. He gets 30, 20 points. But if he's a beast out there, that's what we need, right? Yeah, yeah you, sure. you're absolutely right. He can change the complexion of a game with his physicality. He, he's Which intimidating he has, to play against. He has against. had yeah. some good physical games this season. But, but. the one thing, and, and this caller was right, his body language uh, last year, as the season went on, the frustration crept into his sure. game, and his body language showed it. They need him to be a force, whether he's putting the puck in the net or not. He's capable of doing that. That's the one thing you can control. You can control the physical part of the game. The goal scoring, it's a little harder to score goals, but you can certainly control the physical part of your game. All right. Uh, Bill, or uh, sorry, another texter says, uh, what do you guys think about teams targeting over the shoulder on Talbot? Doesn't take a genius to see he goes down early, leaving the top of the net exposed. Okay, well, a lot to talk about there. First of all, uh, most goalies, you, you try to shoot high on them, 
and and get the corners. Uh, has Talbot had a tendency to uh, expose that corner a little earlier than you'd like sometimes? Yes. I think we saw it a lot last year, especially on some bad angle shots. Mm-hmm. Well, every goaltender has a weakness. And every NHL team has a guy who works for them whose sole job is to break down video. So when the Oilers tomorrow night go to Tampa, whoever's playing in net for Tampa, they will have video on 30 goals that he's let in. And if there is a an area that seems to be a little leakier than others, they will tell the players. They will talk about it in the morning skate. They will talk about it before the game. So as for where Talbot's weakness is, every team in the NHL will have video on what goals he lets in, and they will find a weakness. But every goaltender, not just Talbot, we're talking Price, Jonathan Quick, they all have a weakness. Some of their weaknesses aren't as weak, but there is a tendency to put pucks in certain place on certain goalies. Well, I know the Oilers have done this in their dressing room before games, is they will play a videotape on a loop of the other goalie getting mm-hmm. scored on. Absolutely. And it's all, and, or they'll try to highlight certain things. No, certain goaltenders will have areas where you can, you know, it's top glove or top blocker, but not every player can hit those. Certain guys have certain areas they like to shoot at, and when it all works out together, I was always high glove, so I loved when I played a guy that had a weak glove, but if he had a great glove, I just kept shooting at the same spot. He just kept making the save, but I'm not going to change my game, so the guys nowadays, they're they're so good at picking spots. It used to be if guys would need about a foot of net to, to be able to put the puck in the net, now they need about an inch. And if Talbot goes down, they're going to find the spot and they're going to try and put it there. All right, Oilers lose 4-2 to the Capitals. If the Oilers score five or more in a game, which they have done three times this season, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. Also... If you like getting your name into a draw for fast-track indoor karting... Who doesn't? We would like you to try to finish the play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 780-496-0063. You'll also hear from Cam Talbot when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Edmonton's five-game road winning streak ends tonight. The Washington Capitals beat them 4-2. If you missed this one, the Capitals got two goals from their fourth line in the first six minutes. So the Oilers playing catch-up. McDavid got one back. Oshie came back for the Capitals. Dry settle for the Oilers. And then Ovechkin at 13.09 of the second period. There was no scoring in the third. So the Oilers' record falls to 8-5-1. and one. Doug in Bruderheim says, uh, I feel like if the Oilers just shot at the middle of the net, they will score more. 
via rebounds. Stop aiming, especially on the power play. And another texter says, uh, other than having hands of stone, Lucic is still playing well enough, hitting, getting chances, and forechecking strong. Hopefully they start going in for him. Would he be better served shooting five-hole and at least maybe start getting assists? A couple consistent themes there. And I think after a night where the Oilers had a lot of chances, missed the mark, people are wondering, like, why not just blast it at the goalie and go for a rebound? Well, there's nothing wrong with that either. I agree. I mean, I... And I've, you and I have talked about this. I love going five hole on the goalie. I, I really do. It, it, it uh, it's really it's hard for a goaltender to pull his legs back together. You got it's got to be a precise shot because there's a very small uh, sliver to to get it through. But if it doesn't go in, there are rebounds, and the rebounds usually bounce right back out into the slot to give you a second chance at it. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the one thing that you see when a player starts to struggle when the puck's not going in to, into the net for him, he starts to get a little too precise. He feels now oh, it's got to be the perfect shot. And when you start thinking like that, when it becomes less instinctive and comes more thought process, you find yourself in more trouble. And that's what I've seen with, with Milan, is the, the, the longer he goes without a goal, the, the more uh, he, he, it gets into his head. And when it gets into his head, then it gets into his hands. And, and plus last year they were a losing team. So yeah. far this year, I mean they got a decent team. They were 7th in the league coming into tonight. So if you if you're not getting the points and 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 your team is winning, it still know, bugs you. It, it still does. It's still frustrating. It's hard. And even though the team's winning, his ice time's dwindling. Well, and his true. spot and his shot on the first power play is gone. Well, so that's frust- the blatant thing. Yes. He's he's I mean he's gone from being basically his first year and three quarters here, he was a second line player. Well, or or he was or he came or he was he was coming to play with with well, with, with Connor, yeah. yeah so that was his thought. So he went signing here. He's going to be with McDavid. Oh, and if you know what, the booby prize he gets to play with Leon, and you're going to be on the first power play unit. Well, now you're playing with a guy that's got zero points on the season, and you're on the second power play unit, which usually gets thirty seconds on the power play. So uh, it it is a kick in the gut for him, and and it it will affect him. And he that's why he needs something good to happen, and he needs it to happen soon. All right, Mo is on the line. Go ahead, Mo. Hey, how are you this evening? Good. I thought uh, overall the Oilers played a good game, but uh, really sloppy. No, uh, no, uh, no continued uh, like pressure. It was just they just seemed like you know disorganized more of a less uh, one of their worst one of their more worst games of the year. I thought today. Well, I thought they like Rob and I have been talking about it. I thought they they didn't finish chances around the net, and uh, I also thought. You know, I I do think you have to take quality of opponent into consideration, and you know Washington's a Washington's a better team than Detroit. They're a better team than Chicago, and they did well last just year enough to hold it together. Last year they were the better team than every team in the National League. They were the Stanley Cup champions. I didn't I didn't think the Oilers played that bad. I thought both teams were sloppy, and the Capitals capitalized on their chances, and the Oilers didn't. Mo, well, we're going to finish the play with you, buddy. If you get this right. You go into the grand prize draw, a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's valued at a thousand bucks. Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. Fast Track Karting, Edmonton.com. Pajula back to the point, ripped wide by Benning. Here's Jason Garrison. Mo Jason Garrison featured in that highlight. He only played eight NHL games last year. Who did he play for? Vegas or the New York Islanders? Vegas. Absolutely, buddy. Stay on the line, and Kellen will take your info. 
Thank you very much. All right, 780-496-0063. Interesting for Garrison, who has become, for the time being, the uh, left shot on the Oilers' third pair. He's not playing a lot. He played 11.40 tonight, and mm-hmm. generally he's been under 13, 14 minutes. Just double-checking his average ice time coming into the game here. Uh, where am I looking here, Rob? He has He's averaged 11.56. So, so he was not, right not on it. Into 12. You know what? He during preseason, and then there. I think it was early in the season. You're like, ooh. Well, the game in Winnipeg. Yes, he it, added it's two pa- goals to the Jets. It's passed him by, but in the last few games, uh, you, honestly, you don't notice him, and that's good. He's on the second power play. You know, he's got a big bomb, scored a goal a couple games ago, uh, but there's not a lot of defensive lapses. Now they are protecting him and Benning. They're playing against, uh, you know, third and fourth line players. They're playing in, in the right situations that allow them to have success. But the, the third pairing for the Edmonton Oilers has not been an issue in a number of games. You and I, we, when, when, when Benning has a bad game, we get the phone calls about it and we get the text about it. But Benning and Garrison have been fine as a third pairing uh, twosome. So Garrison, uh, who, and I agree, there was a, that Winnipeg game, I'm like, uh, yeah, can you know what? Do this? We, yeah. we're, we're, we weren't sure if, if he would make it through the month. He's all of a sudden turned it around. And again, uh, like we talk about um, Chase on, the professionalism, a guy that's been around, that understands and adapts. So now he's playing in a different type of role, in a different type of game that allows him to continue to play in this league. All right, Capitals beat the Oilers 4-2. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Well, thanks for joining us tonight. The Oilers lose 4-2 to the Washington Capitals. Cam Talbot denied his 100th victory as the Oilers' goaltender. He makes 19 saves. Here he is. That's exactly what they can do. Um, they're an opportunistic team. They don't need a lot of chances. And tonight they uh, they capitalized on, you know, everything that we gave them from in front. And, you know, um, just... Uh, tough to come back from those two at the, at the start of the game. You chased the game so long well, well, this team has been pretty good at getting the you kind of dictated the way you This is one of the few times this early in the season where you were chasing the game. Yeah, our start's been really good lately. Like you said, we've been jumping all over teams pretty early and um, you know, tonight their forecheck kind of jumped all over us. They got in two quick goals on a couple turnovers and um, you know, like you said, that's just kind of uh, Kind of the way that team can go. You don't. They don't need a lot of chances or a lot of shots, but when they get them there, uh, they got some good shooters on that team that can um, put them in. So uh, I thought that we did uh, a pretty good job for the most part, but um, they were able to capitalize. Um, Obi doesn't need that one on the No, I mean that's just that's a lucky bounce of all the goals that he scored there. I mean it goes off of Brodzak, off of Russell, right onto his tape. I mean Carlson couldn't have put it on a platter any better for him if he passed it. So uh, I mean that's just uh, you know our guys are doing the right thing. Everyone's in the shot lanes and just an unlucky bounce. That was just a big backhand pass. Yeah, he did. I think he just kind of lost this guy and, you know, went sneaking in. And um, that's kind of an all-world pass by one of the best players. 
playmakers in the game. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's just a great play by them and a great shot. But again, like you said, they don't need too many opportunities to put those in because they, uh, they can make those shots. So you're playing in one end and there's a kid playing in the other. Are you telling your guys to skip piles and piles of shots or do you even bother saying that this kid's probably played in the game? No, I mean, I'm more focused on, on my game. I know the guys are, are very aware of who's in the other net and, um, you know, he, he played a pretty solid game for them tonight. We had some chances too and, um, you know, just uh, just couldn't bury as many chances as they could. Could you spot have stopped any other ones? They all look like they're they were all point blank. I mean, there's uh, you're just never happy giving up four. You always want at least one of those back. And obviously the, the Ovechkin one didn't have a chance on. But, I mean, maybe on the first one, maybe just, I don't know. Like you said, they're all good shots and good opportunities. But, you know, just got to make one of those big saves and keep us in it early. All right, that's Cam Talbot, goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. Capitals beat the Oilers 4-2 tonight. I assume we see Koskinen tomorrow against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we shall see. If we see Gravel, Yamamoto, and or Raddy, the three Oilers who were scratched tonight, I I agree. I believe Koskinen will be in, and I think there'll be one change up front. I believe Raddy will be in, and then you have your choice. I'm guessing Puliyarvi will be the one coming out, and Raddy will either slide in on the third line or flip flop with Kajul and have him move back. I don't see Yamamoto. I don't see two forwards coming out, and again, the third pairing. I don't see a need to make a change there, because I think Garrison and Benning both have been fined as of late. All right. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Of course, you can get more by going to the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Tomorrow, Oilers now from noon to 2. The face-off show will start at 4. The game against the Lightning will begin at 5.30. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. McDavid and Dreisleitl score... But the Capitals get four to beat the Oilers 4-2. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Have a great night. When the game ends, the conversation doesn't stop. Every weekday morning, the Orange Crush conversation continues on the 630Chad Morning News with Bruce Bowie. You'll get your fill of Oilers analysis and begin your day with the very latest news from Bob Layton. Accurate forecasts with Global News meteorologist Kevin O'Connell. And we'll get you to work on time with Edmonton's only chopper traffic reports. End your night with the Oilers and begin your day with the 630Chad Morning News. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.